This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. I'm Chris Knutson, your host for today's episode. And I trust this finds you doing exceptional wherever you are, whatever engineering project you might just happen to be working on at the moment. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking with Nadir Mowali on how to create a winning strategy for an engineering career of success. And I think you're going to like this one. We hit on why and how to establish your own personal brand. Hint, it starts with credibility and trust. And then we get into core skills development and their importance to engineers, as well as why a network is so important to build and cultivate and where you can find confidence and how you can build it. And the deer also shares with us his tactics for keeping his network viable, which I think were pretty important. You're going to want to stick all the way through this one because there's a lot of books, there's a lot of tips, and I even leave you with a good tactic at the end of the episode in the closing segment. So again, you're going to want to stick through this one and and bookmark it and come back to it. Before we get going, I want to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. So if you're thinking about taking the FE, PE, or SE exam, I really recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Just use promo code COACH at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com. Use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the show. And this one comes from Charles J. Gibbons. Achieve success in any area of life by identifying the optimum strategies and repeating them until they become habits. And with that, let's get into the main segment with our guest, Nadir Mowali, and creating a winning strategy for an engineering career of success. Now it's time for the main segment of our show, and for today, I've got with me Nadir Mowali, who believes that you can get everything you want in life if you just help enough other people to get what they want, and he's inspired by motivating confidence in engineers and helping them take action to move forward towards their career and life goals. His mission is to enable engineers, just like you, to break away from their fears and create the ideal life and career they want, which sounds absolutely awesome. Nadir, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. You want to help engineers break away from fears and create an ideal life. Where do I sign up? That's completely awesome. So can you tell everybody how you ended up helping engineers? Oh, absolutely. It's basically my story, right? Because I was, for many years, I was in that position of fear and uh, being stuck, really being paralyzed in the career I was in. And prior to that, uh, in the school I was in, in the program I was in. But going back a few years, I grew up in a family of engineers. Went to engineering school, uh, graduated with two diplomas, uh, a bachelor's degree in electronics engineering. And my passion was to get into robotics. Back in 2007, when I graduated, robotics was uh, quite hot, as it is right now. I worked three years uh, within the telecom sector, wireless, uh, enterprise wireless networking. Had a lot of fun uh, starting climbing up the corporate ladder, working at a great company in Canada. I didn't feel like it was just the right thing for me, right? So I looked at opportunities. I, you know, a couple of small jobs here and there. But uh, I, I began a career in engineering recruitment back in 2010. 
quickly succeeded, did really well. Two years after that, uh, to make the long story short, I left and started my own consulting business, started recruiting engineers again uh, quite actively, as well as uh, coaching engineers, helping them through their job search phase and career development. That's great to hear. I mean, obviously, you've got the background being an engineer. You've been through university with an engineering degree, so you really understand what engineers are, how they operate, what they think. And as you've now moved into this different arena where you're helping engineers determine kind of what their life story is and how they can bring that to the world, some of the things that we've talked about, you know, really off the call here has been about personal branding. And I guess my question to you is, you know, a lot of engineers have heard like, you know, you got to develop kind of your own personal brand, you need to get out on LinkedIn, you got to kind of put your own profile out there and develop who you are as a person. Can you maybe explain what a personal brand is and why is that important for an individual, especially for an engineer? Your personal brand is simply a a representation of your true and authentic self is who you are and what you do. Now, again, being an engineer and being an introvert myself, I grew up being quiet, not having a lot of friends, you know, going from math class to physics, you know, quickly walking home and doing my homework and, you know, getting good grades. That was it for me. That was my personal brand, being a good student. It gets to a point that you're starting to communicate with others graduated school, looking for a job. Now, it is not only you who has to understand who you are and what you do or what you want to do, it's others. So they need to understand us. They need to, in that conversation you're having, get a good sense of who you are and really understand what your goals are, what your vision is, what are you passionate about. That is only when they're going to believe you. I focus a lot about, you know, being able to authentically and realistically convince the other person of who you are and what you can do for them. That person, for example, being a decision maker or a hiring manager or a recruiter, you are offering services, you are a professional and they are in a position of acquiring services. So this conversation becomes a presentation when you're truly representing to them who you are and what you do. You're displaying your personal brand. Let me ask this because obviously you're out on your own. You're doing, you know, your consultancy, you're out there coaching folks. Let's say I work for a large multinational architectural engineering construction firm, or even maybe just a small one. Is it possible for me to even have a personal brand while I'm working at this engineering firm, which no doubt has its own branding as a company? I mean, can I go out and just develop my own brand? Is that something I can do? Oh, of course. I mean, your brand is what you do for others, what type of value you offer them. If you want to break it down into two pieces, the technical skills that you have and the soft skills that you have, you know, your technical skills could be related to the branding of that engineering firm. However, the soft skills that you have will always be different. Well, not always, but in majority of times, the way you do things, the changes you create, the results you produce may be the same but how do you produce them? At least two ways of doing things, the right way and the wrong way, or the good way and the bad way, or a way that the recipient of your services, a recipient or your manager, let's say, feels great working with you or your colleague in this case, sometimes they might not enjoy working with you. It is the reality of it. So that is really our communication comes into the picture, You know how we really present ourselves, what our personality is like, how we're able to lead others and influence them. 
everybody who's listening to the episode here, if you have an opportunity, you're interested, Nadir, I had an opportunity to speak with uh, Dory Clark almost a year ago. It's episode 87, and uh, she has a great book. She's a marketing strategy consultant, Harvard Business Review author, has this New York Times bestseller author called Reinventing Yourself. Just a great episode for those that are interested in trying to learn a little bit more about this on self-branding. And this one really is almost more reinventing yourself, trying to develop a new version of who you are or trying to determine who you are. Encourage you to go check it out. We'll link it up here. It's episode 87 of the Engineering Career Coach. You can go out and check that out, reinventing yourself so you can stand out in your engineering career. We'll link that up. You can go out and take a look, listen to that. It's kind of a good one as well. Nadir, building on what we're talking about right here, I think this process of developing the personal brand, in my mind, it has a lot to do with just really determining about who we are as an individual. Each of us has our own personal brand, whether we're willing to admit it or willing to identify it or not. So kind of a follow-up question is I I really want to ask you is determining and developing your own personal brand for who you are as a professional, as an individual, what were some of the steps that you followed to do that? How did you develop the brand that is Nadir? I didn't do it alone. So I'll start by saying that. I've always believed that it is commonly shared this concept that we grow up always having a teacher. You know, it starts with our parents, then become our school teachers and mentors. However, when we graduate college and university, we're on our own. So I knew that and I accept it. So I would say step number one is self-awareness, self-awareness and self-acceptance. So understand who we are and who we are not. For the person that we are, if it is positive, strengthen that. If there is a negative, work on eliminating that and If you have a tough time doing it, just raise your hand up and ask for help. Ask, listen, and do, right? That's what I did. I started working with mentors. I proactively reached out. I started adding adding individuals on LinkedIn, the people who I was looking up to, calling them, knocking on their door. I did whatever I could to get their attention and really ask for their advice. One thing that I realized is that I had the technical skills, but I couldn't put them into effect. You know, so I wasn't really using them. I wasn't communicating them properly. I wasn't really being who I was. So I realized it. I understood it. I modeled others. I really watched them. I really looked at them, how they behaved, how they presented themselves in public, how they communicate and how they were being more effective. That's what I learned. So I did a lot of looking over people's shoulders and uh, shadowing them, if you will. There's different terminologies we can use here, but I watched a lot of good people doing great in their own environments, right? So a true representation of a strong personal brand, you can find that, whatever that means to you, whoever your models are, watch that person, study them. To add to that, read books. Nowadays that I read a book a week, but I started with maybe every two, three months, I would read a book and then made it a book a month and started getting better at it. What you just relayed is a lot of what I myself have journeyed through. And I think most individuals who are self-aware and are really living and doing the things that they want to do have gone through these steps, whether they've actually realized they were stepped out kind of the way that you presented them or not, they're doing them. I think out of what you just kind of mentioned, self-awareness and self-acceptance, observing others and reading books. The two that hit me the most is, and and I think are really super critical, are are the self-acceptance. 
kind of showing self-gratitude for your own, maybe envision and see as your own shortfalls, but your strengths as well. So accepting you for who you are. I think that, you know, reaching out and asking for help, Nadir, as you mentioned, is just so important. It doesn't matter if you think that you're in a position where everything is going great. There's always an opportunity for somebody out there to help you learn, to go to the next level. Life's not a contact sport. It's a community activity. It's not even a sport. It's community. So get out there, ask for help. Look for individuals because there's so many people that are willing to help you. If you're sitting there thinking, I'm not even sure what to do for the next step, ask. Just ask. There's always somebody out there, especially in the engineering career, there's always going to be people out there. And reading books. Nadir, that's awesome. I mean, it's a, a book a week. So let me ask this. Here's a put you on the spot. What are you reading right now? I just went through reading Persuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini for the third time. Beautiful book. And uh, as well as Ask. Ask by Ryan Levesque. That's an awesome book as well. Both really good books. Here's one, if you hit upon it yet, but Spark. I have an interview with one of the co-authors of the book Spark, Angie Morgan. That'll be a future episode of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. And it's a great book about leadership. Angie and her co-partner at, at LeadStar, their company, are both Marine officers who have moved off into the uh, leadership performance environment. And uh, it's going to be a great interview. So that's a really good book. Chris, if you don't mind, I'd like to add something because this is something that I have a challenging time with, but it's one of the challenges that I deal with. As I coach engineers, uh, being an engineer myself, I feel comfortable sharing this uh, because I know as engineers, our personality, again, we are hardwired to solve problems, to troubleshoot, to really go against the grain, you know, try to prove something wrong. I'm just trying to open up. To the listeners, they probably say like, oh yeah, that's me, you know. We look at an equation or a formula, and the first thing we try to do sometimes, I know I've done that, is to prove another way. Prove there is a better way, if you will. When it comes to self-awareness and self-acceptance, I see a lot of resistance. It's just resistance against accepting who we are. So that is one of the challenges that I deal with. I've gone through it myself. I've gone through that transformation. However, a lot of individuals that I work with, this is one of the challenges that we need to overcome that regardless of who you are and what, let's just call them problems or issues that you have, accept them first. I really wanted to get this message out and asking for an extra minute there. Just accept who you are. And if it doesn't make you, ask someone to help you. Ask someone who's been there, who's done that, and just accept what they're telling you and work on a solution rather than trying to avoid the problem. I mean, I'm glad you actually brought that back up again, because I think one of the things that I've talked a lot about, either through podcasts that we've done or through the writings that I've done on the Engineering Career Coach blog, has been about self-awareness. And I'm really focused on leadership, the leadership aspect. And in order to be an effective leader, I'm very much committed to the belief that you have to be a very self-aware person. More and more, I'm beginning, just as you've already kind of alluded here in your comments, that self-acceptance is so important because if you don't accept yourself, nobody else is going to. You really have got to come to grips with who you are as a person, what your personality is, what your faults are, what your strengths are, and accept those. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, 
you can either pull the boots up and try to do it yourself or what oftentimes, and I think every one of us who has tasted success or has been even remotely successful in their engineering career, we've gone out and we've asked for help or we've sought people who are able to help us. And the deer, it's, we're kind of opening up here. I mean, I've done the same thing. I've been in some situations in my life, in my career where I needed help. I've gone out and I've sought that help and I've, I've benefited from it as a person and as a professional. And I think that that's absolutely 100%. If you take anything away from this episode today, it's going to be self, accept yourself, go out and get help, ask for it if you need it. And I would recommend uh, a book by Brian Tracy, Maximum Achievement. It's an old book, but it uh, goes through this topic. And believe it or not, I read this book maybe six months ago, and I realized, oh, wow, even I had problems with that. There was areas in my life that I still hadn't accepted, part of it being the parents and the way you grew up and the challenges you've gone through, really accepting that who you are and you are at this place in your life only because of what you've done. Things that happen to us don't happen to us. They happen because of us, right? That was a big moment for me when I got there maybe a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, that I realized, oh my God, you know, I should stop blaming others or the environment or my surroundings and truly, authentically, on a spiritual level, believe that I am where I am. I am who I am right now because of what I've done. So, you know, nothing will change for you until you'll change. I think Jim Rohn said that. And uh, as long as we believe that and we have a plan to take action, we have a strategy and tactics, and we put that into effect, opportunities are limitless. It comes down to responsibility, right? I mean, just taking responsibility for what's coming at you, whether you like it or not, it's the mission you got. So you got to kind of step up and, and take charge. So let me ask this question to you because, you know, you and I are both engineers. We know the value of technical skills and why they're important, what the importance of them are when we're trying to perform our professional duties. Beyond the technical skills, in your mind, what's the next most important skill that an engineer is going to need to cultivate in order to be successful? Great question. Well, I completely understand and believe what Dale Carnegie said, that even in technical fields, such as engineering, only about 15% of your success comes from your technical knowledge. The other 85% comes, I believe he mentioned human engineering, human engineering being a mix of personality, communication, and the ability to lead people. So I would say your personality, which we talked about, that's part of your personal brand, a big picture of that. Your communication, how effective you are, how well you're accepted, how well you're understood, and your ability to lead people, to authentically influence and persuade others. Those are the, the skills you need to really ramp you up. I'll just you know, kind of pile on there that I just got done running a, a big event in Stuttgart, Germany, and uh, it was a very technically focused engineering event for the Society of American Military Engineers. I was drained at the end of this thing, and it wasn't because I was like using my brain on the technical aspect. It was all those other aspects, the other 85% of the work that you need to be doing as far as your skill sets, communications, and interpersonal relations and whatever is so important. And I think one of those is probably communication. So pretty important. Most people are probably listening to this podcast, have listened to other sessions by Anthony or I, so they know that, yeah, communications, it's important. We got it. So we hear a lot about how important it is. How can somebody become better 
in communications and, and what are some of the tactics that a person can use from your perspective? Step number one, understand your goals, your vision, your why, right? So what you want to do and why you want to do it, that is the foundation. After that, communication becomes the medium. So know exactly what you should say when you're talking about yourself, when you're presenting yourself, and then practice how you should say it over and over again to, to perfect it. The ideal outcome that you're seeking is to be able to, again, effortlessly influence others who are speaking with you. Regardless of who that other person is, you must have an agenda. So again, going back to step number one, know your goal, know what it is, and know why you're doing it. The why is your fuel. The why will create consistency and persistence, will allow you to never give up. Step number two, put the words together. If you don't know how to do it, raise your hand up, ask, listen, and do, right? Know what you're going to say and then practice how to say it. You know, if practicing in front of a mirror and speaking out loud, out loud is weird, get someone else to practice with you. Preferably not a family member or a friend who most likely wouldn't pick your mistakes and wouldn't want to hurt your feelings, right? Practice with someone, maybe a colleague or a coworker, someone who feels comfortable giving you constructive criticism and um, can call you out on your mistakes. I'll share this with you, and I'll just add it into the uh, kind of into the mix here. We get into the, the communications part, Nadir. Something that I do, I use Evernote, and I actually have a template and a folder that's set up that's specifically for conversations. And I actually go through it, and in the template, I just create a new one for each like specific, really important phone call that I'm going to have, and I list in it three things: why am I having the conversation, what's the purpose, and then objectives at least no fewer than three objectives in order for it to be a successful communications. And I even do this, especially if I'm trying to kind of pursue either a, a new position, a new contract or something like that, so that at least for myself, I'm very clear on what my communications is supposed to be. What is it that I'm actually trying to achieve out of the communication? And then these objectives are kind of in priority order, like this is a successful conversation if this happens or if one happens or number two or number three or whatever. So very methodical. I'm an engineer. All of you that are listening are engineers. So you're kind of used to procedures and processes, but that's kind of one of the ways that I do it. And uh, I don't know, Nadir, if you have some kind of a system that you use or if you're a little bit more uh, kind of touchy-feely or if you have some more kind of a system to guide your conversations when you're talking with somebody. I like having a system in place because to be honest with you, it makes my life easier. I don't have to remember things. You know, I write them down. I love my pen on paper. I'm in my early thirties and technically a millennial, but I like the, I like the pen and paper. I like to write notes down handwritten. I like to use my Google calendar. So I use it a lot when I'm networking, when I'm taking notes, I always like to have a task or an event. Those are the two items that I enter into my calendar. So if it's a task, I give it a deadline and maybe I need to talk to, to you, right? So I know, you know, it's coming up next week and I put my notes in the body, in the description of the event. At any time I can look at what's coming up next week as I'm thinking about it, click on it, read my notes, perhaps edit it and uh, go back and forth between my handwritten notes and my and Google-based Google Calendar notes. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think as, you know, as engineers, it's a great habit actually to get into 
even if you're not doing coaching like Nadir or running podcasts or, you know, kind of writing articles or driving projects like I am, even in your engineering work, you can still use your calendar. You can use tools like Evernote to really capture your thoughts and to help your communications be a lot more focused. So when you show up, you know exactly what you're going to be talking about, exactly what you need to be discussing and be right on point. Great tactics, really good tactics. So I want to shift a little bit here to talking. We were talking about communications, kind of talking about going out and asking for help, looking for mentorship, looking for support. And I think really ties into both communications and asking for support or looking for support ties into the N-word, network, going out and building a network, finding people and individuals of a community that we can operate with. And I know there's a lot of emphasis in the professional realm on LinkedIn in developing and building a LinkedIn network. From my perspective, some pluses and minuses in that. But whether it's LinkedIn or just even just a Rolodex or you said you write a lot of notes by hand, I do the same thing. Even if I'm just writing in my notebook, how important is it to build a network and how do you keep it functional, you know, kind of working after you've built it? I would go as far as saying your career depends on it. The size of your network determines the wealth of your career, if you will. The quantity and the size is important. However, maybe takes 20% of the whole picture. The remaining 80% is the quality of the contacts that you have. You know, that is where they say, you know, your network is your net worth. You know, same idea. Looking at it realistically, your network contacts provide you the fastest passage through to your next destination. So again, being an electronics guy, I look at everything as either a zero or a one. The ongoing debate between the analog or digital world, I like to look at everything as a zero and one. So I either do something or I don't. I like to, the way I make decisions, I look at everything as a straight line because I, I know that the shortest distance between where I am right now and where I want to be is a straight line, basic physics. I want to always be directionally correct towards my destination. So I either choose to go into that direction or I'm off by a degree or 45 degrees, right? Regardless of what it is, I'm always thinking about who are those individuals that number one, I can add value to, number two, they can add value back to me in return. That's my basic formula when I'm building a network. I need to know again, what are my goals? What do I wanna do and why do I wanna do it? Step number two, who are the individuals Decision makers, you know, people who do have influence, who are leaders in their industry, someone who I'm looking up to, that's my target when I'm networking, that would be able to add value to me and my network. Those are the basic steps that I take prior to uh, defining my strategy. After the strategy is defined, I have daily activities, daily tactics, daily steps that I take each and every day, including the weekends, believe it or not. You know, the networking is a daily activity, to, for lack of a better term, that I make sure I partake in. So, Nadir, share with me and really share with everybody else, what are some of the, some of the actual things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis to maintain and cultivate your network? So what exactly are you doing? So I do have a plan, right? We talked about a plan. I have a schedule, right? So I have a schedule to continuously add value to the contacts that I have in my network. How do I do it? Uh, I touched upon Google Calendar. So 
I use my Google Calendar. I schedule dates and times on a daily basis, every seven day of the week. To what I really put in my calendar are name of top influencers and decision makers in the industry. That would be category number one. Category number two would be individuals that are at my level, maybe colleagues, other coaches, other recruiters. And third would be individuals that I'm currently coaching. So let's say someone who's a client of mine, recently graduated, I'm helping them climb up and, and get to their goals. I have those three categories that I've dedicated, scheduled dates and times to in my Google Calendar. So that is a system that I follow. They are my reminders. I don't have to think about what am I doing tomorrow. I can just click, click and know what I'm doing tomorrow. After that, on a daily basis, one thing that I do, I share recent industry news and upcoming events. So I do my research. Normally starts from Google News. Google being our best friend, right? So Google News, I look at upcoming events. I look at, you know, if we're looking at clean energy generation sector in Germany, I just type in you know, clean energy or environmental services, something like that, Germany. I go to Google News. And uh, number one, I read a few articles. So again, I love reading, it's my currency. And I start sharing that, that the articles that I like from legitimate sources, I start sharing that with multiple people that day. I do share it on my LinkedIn, on my Facebook, on Twitter. If it's a topic that I personally have experience with, I do my best to write a short article on it. I post it on LinkedIn or some of the publications that I write for. So giving, really giving value, sharing knowledge, talking about upcoming events, providing ideas and asking insightful questions. That is how I keep working on my network. So I want to be on top of mind. And I also want to be known as the guy who knows of industry news and is always ahead of the curve, knowing what the next events are. I mean, that's really good insight for anyone who's listening, but to what level. So if you want to take it at the next level and be a connector amongst the individuals in your network, Nadir, just what you shared is a great insight into some of the things that you're going to have to do to be able to get to that point. So really good point. You're in the field of helping engineers succeed to be able to achieve their ideal. I was wondering if you might be able to share your experiences in working with different engineers, maybe a win story with an engineer that you were able to help reach their ideal and how did they get there? I would just use a recent one from this week, two days ago, a client of mine, Mohammed. He's a software engineer, great guy here in the US. Uh, he's in Pittsburgh, finished studying on a student visa, got a work temporary work visa. So quite tough, uh, tough deadline, really challenging times for him to really take action, to really get his career to the next level, successfully get employed. I use him as an example because again, recently graduated, no previous work experience. I guess the reason he succeeded, he just, he never gave up. He reached out to me. He inquired my help. We worked together for four weeks and he followed the program, followed the plan. They, every day he took action. He was great at asking questions and uh, implementing the answers. He had a big why, right? He knew why he was doing it. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And I helped him figure that out even more. But it's really perseverance to be honest with you, because what I do and what the thousands of career coaches do, we haven't really reinvented the wheel. There's a process, there's a procedure 
to go from where you are to where you want to be. These things have been pre-designed and pre-engineered several years back, you know, centuries back. And we've optimized them, but now we know that if you want to go from point A to point B, there is a direct line and there's a way for you to reach that point, capture your result as fast as possible. Whether you're going to be successful or you're not is 100%, right? More than 90%, 100% completely dependent on you. I always use this analogy that I say, you know, as a coach, I can give you a map, I can even give you a, a GPS, a flashlight, a pair of boots, you know, a nice warm jacket, and I'll show you the road. And I'll always be in your mind telling you what's going to happen at each and every step throughout this road, through this imaginary road, if you will. However, I'm not going to be standing beside you holding your hand. You'll have my guidance, you have all the tools and tips and tricks. However, you need to have the courage to take the next step. I mean, the bottom line, just what you laid out is 100% right on track with everything that I know from my own experiences. I mean, you've got to have a why. You got to know what it is. You got to ask questions. You got to be willing to always wonder what's next, what's around the corner, what can I do to help others, to bring value to them. And then you got to just, you got to have drive. Kind of what you mentioned about Muhammad. I mean, he had drive. He knew what he was after. He had a strong desire to make it a reality, and he took action to bring it into his reality. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you ask questions and have a why. If you don't have the drive to deliver, it's never going to happen because people aren't going to bring it to you. You got to be going after it. And uh, if you don't care enough and it doesn't matter how much boot to butt, it's not going to happen. You've got to be the one that's putting the energy into it putting the fuel into it and just getting out there and making things happen. So that's a great insight and a really good story. Sorry to cut you off there, but that's why I used him, you know, because I thought about this. I'm like, well, he's been in a position of disadvantage. I mean, if you look at his situation, you know, recently graduated, no experience. You know, he's a good friend of mine, so I can say, you know, communication skills are not great. The accent is there, right? And I'm just being honest because a lot of other individuals, you know, they have those great things born and raised and, you know, excellent English and great university and all those great things. But I see that it's just the success rate is not the same. And it all goes back to how important is it to you? Your why is a level of your importance. So that's why if you put a deadline on something and you know it's really critical, all us engineers, you know that, you know, you finish your projects the night before, right? We always, I was a, a true believer and I did it every time, right? You wait till the last night before the exam to finish that book. I remember for my final project, I learned uh, Visual Basic 6 over the Christmas holidays. I could have learned it throughout the entire year. I knew we need a program to design our UI, but I waited till Christmas and over eight nights, I went through a 600 page book, obviously not completely. However, we got the results, the project worked, we got that we actually won the People's Choice Award for it in the technology showcase. So this project was successful, but I could have studied that book in the last 12 months. I studied it the last week. It comes down to the efficiency equation, right? You took 12 months and crammed it into eight days. So I don't know, man, that sounds pretty efficient to me. I'm sure every engineer listening at this has gone through that. You know, it's one of those, you look at those funny pictures on Facebook, one of those engineering facts. It's one of those things that uh, there's a clip, there's a video clip, uh, Bill Gates talking about this. 
And he was the guy that was very proud of that. And now he's joking about it, but it's a true story. When he was going through it, he actually wanted to really see how much he could have done in at least amount of time. I know my mind used to play these tricks on me. And I know everybody else, like majority of us, we like challenges, right? Especially as engineers. Let's see how many more hands of, you know, play games of PlayStation I can play. And up until 11 p.m. and from 11 till 12, I'll try to put in an hour of work. And then when 12 o'clock hits, you know, why don't I just go to sleep and wake up at five? You know, and then you press the snooze button at five, wake up at 6.30. So I've been through all that and I hear it from everyone. So that's why I would say, you know, have a big why. It's all about you, right? The only person that's the first person that's going to benefit from making these tough decisions is really you. And of course, you have to have the motivation and confidence for it. But there's a formula for that, too. Off the comments you just mentioned, and you were stating, I kind of think back over my own, really over my own life. And I'm an engineer, but I actually started off in university as a music major. I'll just cram a year's worth of activity into eight days. It's music performance. You just practicing every day or you suck. I mean, that's just pretty much what it comes down to. I honestly, in that respect, I actually attribute to a lot of my own personal success in engineering and my career to that experience that I had in music, which was one of those things I had to show up every day. I had to practice every day. Even if I didn't feel like it, I knew that if I wanted to even be a player, just somebody that would even be considered part of the game, I had to be there every day. That was really a profound experience early on in my life. You've got to have the drive, you got to know why, and you got to show up and bring it. You know, kind of a portion with that really tied to it very closely is the development of confidence. You got to have the confidence, in my mind at least, you got to have this confidence that all this effort that I'm putting into it is going to deliver something of value on the other end. Because if you don't have that confidence, I could see it really being kind of a challenge to think, man, I'm putting all this energy into it. I'm putting a lot of faith in this thing. Is anything going to come out of this? So what's in your mind is kind of a good way to create confidence and why is that so important in a career? Well, it's important because if you don't have confidence doing it, it just doesn't matter and you'll give up. I can use myself in all of these examples because I've been through all these uh, challenges. As soon as I gained my confidence, you know, I did great. From graduation from 2007 till 2011, for those four years, I was depressed. I was not confident at all. I was just in a terrible place in my life. You know, I was working as an engineer, but this you don't see on my LinkedIn, but I was also working at a coffee shop, trying to make money, you know, selling flowers door to door. I've done it all, right? So those were just my lack of confidence of, hey, why don't I just do better? in the position, the full-time position that I have in order to become more of who I am and uh, therefore I can develop a better career and take the next step. So, and I didn't, right? I learned from that today. However, going up to 2011, when I started to succeed as an engineer and recruiter, it was my results that created my confidence. I normally say this, we all have a level of potential. We know our potential. Sometimes, it's right, sometimes it's wrong, which is why we need to be self-aware and you know, self-acceptance, what's so important. But the level of potential we have will allow us to take certain levels of action. Only the actions that we take will create some results. Without action, there will be no results. 
However, it's only those positive results that will create confidence. Confidence is always positive. And that confidence will improve our self-belief. The more self-belief we have, the higher our potential goes, the more action we take, the better results we get, the higher the confidence goes. So it becomes that loop that more results, more confidence, potential goes up. Now we can take more action, get more results, and believe in ourselves more. That's a beautiful cycle. I like it. No, that, that's great. It's not mine. I'll tell that. So it's Anthony Robbins. He describes that. But again, I watched that video four or five years ago, and it stuck to my mind. Every time someone asks me, how do I create motivation? How do I motivate myself? I let them know that you will only be motivated if you actually are doing great things and if you make yourself happy. So you need to create positive results for yourself. Someone else cannot really motivate you. They can tell you some nice affirmations and nice words, but it goes into one ear, nine out of 10 times, comes out the other, a minute after you're back where you were. I want to ask the final question here. Where can people learn more about the great work that you're doing and where can they connect with you? Let's do it on LinkedIn. If you pick my name from this page and Google it or enter it into LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm quite active online. Reach out to me. Would love to hear from you and uh, help as best as I can. Yeah, you bet, Nadir. And for everybody that's listening, we're going to have Nadir's uh, Facebook and LinkedIn accounts linked up on the uh, show notes for this episode. You can go out there and, and tap into those. You can tap into the books that we've identified as well as some other uh, web links that we'll provide in there for some of the other uh, engineering career coach webinars and uh, podcasts that we've had as well. So, Nadir, this has been a great conversation. I really, truly enjoyed this. I, I'm so happy that you uh, took the time to come on the call, spend some time with me, and i really very grateful for it. I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Thanks again for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you bet. So, everybody... Stick around. We'll be right back with the uh, closing segment and uh, the Take Action Today segment. And I'm looking forward to sharing some of my insight. Stick around. I'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And I'm going to give you one more additional tactic that you can put in your toolbox for charting your engineering career of success. But before I do that, I want to take a moment and recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI. So engineers often ask me what exam prep materials review courses they should use when preparing for the FE, PE, or SE exam, and hands down, I recommend PPI. Now, I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their review courses, and it's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Just use promo code COACH at ppitopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com. And use promo code COACH for that 20% discount. Okay, so here's one tactic I suggest every engineer consider employing. And honestly, I don't think it really matters if you're right at the beginning of your career, you're in the middle of your career, or you've been doing it for 20, 25 years or more. It doesn't matter where you're at in your trajectory on your career. But this is a, a tactic I think that will really help you. It's developing your own personal high-level roadmap. So what does this look like? There's going to be an image, and I'm actually sharing with you an Excel spreadsheet that you can look in the show notes and, uh, and download that, take a look at the image. But essentially what you're doing is you're identifying two or more paths 
that are going to be something that you can follow. It's going to get you to your end goal. So on that roadmap, you're also going to mark high-level milestones for your spouse or significant other, your children or others who have an impact in your life and on your career. I mean, you're doing that because this is a team sport that you're involved in and you have other people that are going to be in your life. And so your decisions about the different roles that you might take, different uh, career paths you might be following are going to be influenced and are going to have an influence on those people that are closest to you. So you, you really need to identify high-level milestones that are going to be affecting them. So it could literally be like the birth of your child, you know, when you're planning to have children, they're going to be in different levels of schooling. And how does that all match up against perhaps uh, aspirations you have for higher level education, getting your FE or PE, going after different certifications, you know, wanting to be in a specific location in the United States. So you need to have that all out on a piece of paper. Get it all out there, okay? Identify your education and travel goals and any other major milestones that you know are things that you want to achieve or you're going to have to do. Get it out there on that piece of paper or on that spreadsheet uh, up on your screen. And when you've got it all there, then you can start making some decisions about what, when, how, and where, and trying to figure out which path is going to allow you to hit most of these milestones and to be successful in them. We get distress when we start getting to a position where we have, we don't have congruence between the things that we want to do and the things that we have to do. And that often comes from just not having a plan. You're going to put all that out there. Then you can start thinking about start making decisions about what, when, how, and where. Now, of course, I didn't use the word why in all that. You got to have the answer to why before you even start the exercise. So if you don't know the answer to why, spend some time on getting clear why you're doing what you're doing and why you want to go towards that specific goal. So go check out the spreadsheet, the image. You can take a look at that, see what I'm talking about. And it's a great tactic to use. It's something that I even still use at, at this point in my career. And it's very useful to have that information out there so that you're able to look at it and make some smart decisions. And if you want to learn more about this, I recommend checking out the Engineering Mastermind, which is a community of engineers like you who help each other achieve their personal and professional goals. You can check out the link to that in the show notes to get started. And uh, you'll meet Anthony and myself in there, as well as many, many other engineers who are focused on achieving the most that they can out of their life. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. A lot of information. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions, uh, not only on this episode, but other ones as well. So just go to www.engineeringcareercoach.com. Look for this episode where you're going to find a summary of all the key points that were discussed by Nadir and I in today's episode, as well as links to all the resources, the websites, the books, all of that mentioned during this episode. And you can also leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. Anthony and I really enjoy getting those comments, and we're going to respond to you if you leave us one. So until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com, where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.